Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody, no matter where you are. Welcome to Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful repeat guest, back for the umpteenth time, because she's always so filled with wonderful information, is Tawati Bastido. We're going to be talking about her new book today. It's Crystal and Leo, The Great Barrier Reef. Now, she teaches children yoga and also beautiful meditative skills, but she had written this book called The Magnificent Me, Magnificent You, The Great Barrier Reef, and it's a children's story and yoga activities book. It's the second book in the Natural Wonders of the World series, She is, uh, which she's currently writing. In this book, twins Crystal and Leo and their clever dog Einstein embark on the adventure of discovery of the Great Barrier Reef, its beauty and its teachings. Alongside the story is a range of well-being activities children can utilize to support both their physical and mental well being as well as about the above the book will be a fundraiser for different organizations working with the conservation of reefs and world oceans the great barrier reef is the world's largest coral reef system coral reefs are home to thousands of species and play a critical role in maintaining healthy oceans and subsequently a healthy planet with each steward of our planet home to our future generations in this understanding we endeavor to contribute towards maintaining a healthy planet the best that we can. And as I've said, she's been here with us many times because she has always such wonderful information to share. And I invite you just simply to put in her name in selfdiscoverymedia.com, Duati Bastille, D-E-W-A-T-T-I-E, B-A-S-D-E-O, and you'll see all of her shows come up. I don't want you to miss any one of them because all of them are absolute nuggets and a wonderful gift to you as a parent and also to your child. Welcome back, Dwadi. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me back. I'm very grateful. And it's always so wonderful to be chatting to you. And I'm so glad that you're enthusiastic as I am for sharing my resources with children, you know, globally. Well, it's important. If we don't invest in our children, they become the dysfunctional adults of tomorrow. So, you know, the, the stitch in time, right? Uh, we want our children to feel um, worthy. We want them to feel valued. We want them to believe they can. We want to nurture their wonderment. And, and we want to also teach them how to appreciate this planet and each other and themselves. And we can only do that through activities and books and play and it's I think it's wonderful to incorporate all of it together because in that way it's never a deliberate lesson it's a joyful activity that happens to be a lesson yeah I mean and that and that's the the beauty of writing the book and sharing with children just through the format of storytelling um, different teachings that we can gain from nature from the 
our natural world and share the tools of yoga alongside the story. So it's kind of like gently, a gentle exploration of, our, of them, themselves through the yoga and a gentle exploration of, you know, mother nature through the story. And hopefully in the future, maybe a, a TV program as well. Yeah, most certainly. Um, it's the kind of TV programs that we need to have, you know, and a lot of adults have discovered yoga and realized how much it just, it calms them, you know, not only is it good for stretching the body, but it's good for finding stillness, for finding clarity and focus and just kind of tuning us down to teach children it when they're, you know, they're rubber bands already, you know, mm -hmm. and, and this is something that they can learn to do every single day or a few times a week throughout their life. It's a skill that will be with them for a lifetime, isn't it? Yeah. And as you said, like many adults use yoga, um, you know, utilize yoga, meditation as tools to support their well-being. But they've come to it later in life. They've discovered that. And I think, like you said, when we're young, when they're very, when a, when a, when a child's quite young, they're like little sponges, <laughs> so they're more open to new ideas and learning, and they pick up um, different skills so much quicker than when you're an adult, and they, they don't have that fear of exploration. So with the book, it's kind of the age range that it's aimed at, which is primary school children, is a really good age to introduce all these concepts and all these tools, just to open their mind up to exploring different ways of self-managing their well-being so it's opening up their minds to tools like meditation mindfulness yoga in a kind of gentle and fun way just knowing and breathing techniques so instead of waiting until you're an adult to discover all these tools you can if you imagine if you discover them at a very young age and then you progress so by the time you are an adult you're probably at an even sort of deeper level of understanding how they're affecting your being and how you can you know dive into this you know these these self you know self soothing nurturing tools it's a management skill you know, it, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the shows that we did, you know, you shared, which again, when they go to your name on my, on selfdiscoverymedia.com, they will see an entire, you know, audio thing here of, you know, where you've got violet, indigo, blue, green, and, you know, the beautiful meditative, um, you know, um, with you talking soft music, where, you know, children get frustrated, and they don't know what to do with that frustration, they don't know what to do with that anger. And mm -hmm. if they can learn to just take a breath and calm down and kind of be still, then they'll go, you know, it's really not worth getting upset about or there's a different way to handle this instead of getting into a fight or getting really, really upset. And, you know, that is really beneficial to our children. I think the earlier we teach it to them, you know, the better it is because we're giving them skills that they can use lifelong and it helps them navigate through life. It also shows them it's okay to pause, mm -hmm. right? Because they're full steam ahead, you know, completely switched on or conked out. You know, it's okay to pause, to reflect, look at the situation, take a breath, be still, and assess before reacting, which as adults, we're very reactionary creatures. And if we could just pause for a moment, <laughs> it might be yeah. better off. 
No, I totally agree with what you've just said. And, and also one of the things that I'm exploring with my yoga class is where we're looking at different emotions. So mm. making children conscious that they do have a whole range of emotions. Like they have anger, they have sadness, they have joy, they have frustration. And that's okay. That's what, that's what makes them human. But then also making them conscious of the fact that they have choices. So they're, they are in control and they can choose you know, to shift their emotions from maybe not such a constructive emotion to a more con constructive emotion. So if they are feeling, like you said, angry or frustrated, instead of kind of lashing out in anger, to like know that they've got that, they've got their hands on the control to pause. And there's different techniques that will help them create that space, like different breathing techniques, which will give them that little space to pause and respond instead of just reacting, you know, yeah. in the heat of the moment or, you know, just spontaneously combust. Yes, temper tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so really making them, because even as adults, it takes a while for us to become so conscious of yes. how our emotions may be overtaking, you know, us. And it's, it is a skill and it's not an easy skill to master, to become a master of your emotions instead of letting your emotion, instead of letting your emotions be a master of you. So many adults struggle with it. So children will struggle with it. But if you start, if you, the first step is being conscious of that fact, that knowledge that, you know, am I going to choose to become a master of my emotions or am I going to allow my emotions to be a master of me? And then once you've, you, you've become consciously aware there is a difference and then you can start acting on developing your skills, become a master of your emotions. So, I mean, I know I'm still working on becoming a master of my emotions mm -hmm. because sometimes I do lose my patience if different things are going, you know, yeah. <laughs> wrong. So I'm not perfect and I know, you know, it's a journey. So if we start that journey at a young age, we get better as we progress instead of waiting until later on to you know master those skills so yeah laying the foundations that's yeah. what we're doing sharing sharing tools and just giving them some more information and knowledge of what's possible and what potential they have within themselves that they can you know make use of as well um we need a calmer world you know here is the threat of yet another war and um, you know for know, some madness i can't it's yeah. like what's yeah. happening in the world I'm but, totally yeah. i mean you know when you look at somebody like him putin we're talking about we are talking about you know a, a complete bred narcissist egomaniac and, and to a point psychopath and he has no conscience none whatsoever so there is no accountability you can't expect these people you can't shame them and you can't, uh, you can't reason with them. And th they just don't care if people are suffering for what they want. They just don't care. They want. And that's all they can see. And he wants uh, Ukraine. And we, the only way you, you can really attack those people is really the people around them. Hopefully, that there's consciousness around them that stop feeding the monster. Um, narcissism comes from children who because a child is very much, you know, in tuned right from birth to their own needs. They'll cry when they're hungry, when they're wet, when they're tired. 
And they, that's how they let you know, you know, this is how their emotion is. If we don't teach them empathy and kindness and caring, then it's always about them. They always are going to have that tantrum to get what they want. And they don't learn that empathy skill and that caring and kindness for other people. And I think teaching yoga right from the moment that they, you know, are even walking, you know, just um, even if it's not proper, but, you know, mom and dad are doing it and they're trying to copy, you know, just teaching that kind of skill right from the word go, I think is so beneficial because we just don't need any more of the Putins in the world. We need people that care and have kindness and um, who aren't going to go and make other people suffer for their own gain. And that needs to be instilled in our children's consciousness right from the word go, isn't it? Um, well, I think children as beings, they are very conscious. We, when we're born, we are probably the most conscious, you know, enlightened beings. It's just as we progress, we lose sight of that and we lose touch of, you know, touch with that. They say, you know, some people say like um, young children are more spiritually connected because they're, they're so innocent. Children are so innocent. They have that light within yeah. and they have yeah. a natural light. They have a natural glow. They have nat they're, they're naturally, you know, beings born with love. And yeah. it's us adults that kind of seem to screw that up. Them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've got loads to learn from them. But I mean, it's interesting with world leaders, they all have their own personalities, their own characteristics and how that's developed through their, their life. Mm -hmm. Um, it's quite bizarre because even though you can have two children growing up in the same household, yeah. they can have totally different personalities. So I don't think it's so simple that maybe, you know, as a leader, you're, you, you might come up, be so cold and, and so ruthless. It's because of your childhood or your, um, the way your parents have brought you up. There's, I think it's a, a much more complex well, I think um, it's nature and nurture, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of genetically in them that then is nurtured to be so, you know, or not nurtured. Um, you know, I think when even if children are kind of may have that um, self thing, if they're nurtured right, they will know that that is not right to always just be thinking of you. But if they're not nurtured and that's a tendency of who they are then that's going to manifest even bigger because nobody's stopping that train. Yeah, and um, I don't know, I know you're quite spiritual. So if you're, if you're looking at, say, the Dalai Lama, mm -hmm. and then you're looking at, at a leader who, who sees war as a solution yes. for whatever reasons, it's like how, when we analyse you know, their life path or their, mm -hmm. their journey from being a baby, being a born to being the leader of their different paths. So a very spiritual leader, to a very um, power sharing, really. Yeah. The power angry and the power sharing, mm -hmm. right? The ones that empower and the ones that, you know, steal power. But I mean, I don't, I don't know so much about political leaders. I don't really study them. So it's, it's mm. difficult for me to kind of, um, you know, past comment on. Yeah, I do. I do a, a lot on this. It's, um, you know, we're, we are genetically made with not only our ancestral patterning, you know, past life mm -hmm. patterning, DNA patterning, but we're yeah. all a different personality type as well. Mm -hmm. And if the wrong type is not nurtured right, it can be self-obsessed. If, yeah. um, if the, that particular nurture is taught very early, 
to to be more aware of other people around them, then there you know there is hope for them to understand that. Um, but we are all kind of wired differently, so we have the mm -hmm. spiritual soul and heart spirit that a child is born into, but we yeah. also have the um, you know the DNA package that we come with, and the, you know the genetics of how we're made and how yeah. we perceive life, our personality type. So it's never just one brush. We are kind no, of it's a very complex. complex. Yes, yeah. Very, very complex. You know, when you when you trace it all back, like you said to through the DNA encoding and history and ancestry and you know karma and yes. you know there's a whole there's a whole web that's far too complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have unravel right now. Yeah. But, you know, you may have, as you said, two children growing up exactly the same, the same family. One may turn to yoga because they really enjoy that piece. The other one has got more energy and wants extreme sports. Yeah. Right. So it, so it's yeah. having that outlet, the, an energy they can spend or a calmness that they can find. You know, some people have that extra energy and they, they need to spend it. And that's where the extreme sports come in. And that's how they spend that energy. Others want to generate an energy that is more propelling and calm. And again, that will come down to the personality types, you know, of yeah. what each one of them and, will want. And I think even the child who likes extreme sports, also just introducing them to yoga yes. as, you know, a complementary activity to doing all the high energy activities as well, that helps them to kind of have a balance in their in their lifestyle, in their well-being. So yes, for the extreme sport, but also, yes, for a little bit of, you know, calm well, and... It's, we have America's Got uh, Talent on here right now, Extreme, which is the people with the extreme activities and, you know, the daredevils, totally death-defying. Um, but each one of them, everything is about the calculation. It's about the balance. It's about being in tuned in the moment so they can go and do these death-defying stunts right yeah you must now, be so in tune because exactly you're risk, you know one wrong movement that so it is extreme faster. what they're doing but at the <laughs> same time it is if they weren't in tuned with it if they yeah. weren't if they couldn't focus in and be aligned with what they need to do at that precise moment because there's one guy mm -hmm. literally jumping over speeding cars as they're charging him right so he had calculate wow. so he has to not only calculate how many steps it's going to take what paces it's going to be but he's got to be in tuned and in the moment and very much that's what yoga and meditation does doesn't it it channels yeah. us into the moment so i suppose they're just using it in a different way yeah and it is like so relevant to life so lots of people are like you just explained are using the skills without putting the label yeah. yoga, meditation, mindfulness, you know, mm -hmm. or tuning in. They're just doing it naturally because as humans, we have all this natural ability, you know, within us. So if we kind of like just delve in deep, we learn so much anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, with yoga, we're, we're kind of like going on this journey from past teachers who've already discovered this just from their own self-exploration. Yeah. So that's all that we're sharing is where someone with nothing from no teachings or anything, they have, mm -hmm. you know, explored the, the world around them and they 
this is how they've discovered skills within themselves and then now they're that then it's become a, a tool to share with others. Yeah, I would say so the best probably, teachers are those that have gone through it. Yeah, so when a, a, um, a top sports athlete is achieving all these results, they've actually gone within themselves to discover these yeah. skills that, you know, maybe we're, we're teaching through a class of yoga, you know, yeah. tuning in, the mindfulness, learning, to kind of connect with what's going on around you in a in a and within you learn to listen yeah. to your inner voice you yeah. know your but, inner voice will always say hey mate the wind is too strong don't do this right now you know there's one guy tight roping 25 feet off the ground on a, a, a wire a, a, you know a cable that was on fire then he starts dancing and then he comes out on a bike right wow. and the wind is actually blowing at that time and he's so calm you know and everybody else yeah. is ah, like this you know? I know. and that that that's like total control yeah. of your mind yes your, you know you can't be that extreme successful sportsman and still be alive if you mm -hmm. weren't kind of spiritually aligned it's just yeah. it's just labeled in a different way but so still even if you have an extreme child who loves the extreme sports teaching mm -hmm. them how to center themselves, how to listen in, to trust that inner voice. It, it's something that whatever they're doing, they'll learn to listen to themselves and listen to the situation. Yeah, and then that will support them in being even more, you know, powerful in, in that activity and even more, kind of like you said, really centered and focused. But also, and less like, gray hairs for mum. Yeah, but even just... <laughs> Supporting children in listening to their own inner wisdom also helps them when you're turning on the news or you're, in, mm. you know, searching through social media and you're seeing all this information. It kind of like, once you're like more confident within yourself to listen to your own voice, it helps you to think, well, wow, this doesn't sound right. Or yeah. just because everybody's jumping on this bandwagon, I don't have to. I can, you know, assess, observe. And listen to what my inner voice is saying about what I'm being presented with. So the more strong you get in mm -hmm. listening to your own with you know wisdom and your own trust your own intuition or your gut or your heart on what's being presented through the media, the more you can make decisions for yourself as opposed to letting someone else choose a dish, you know, a choice or a decision for you. Yeah. So that's where yeah. I think um, it's also important to develop, you know, within a young person that their 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 intuition, their voice, you know, listen to it because just because someone is sharing something on social media, it doesn't mean yeah. it's, it's a better story than listening to what your you know heart's telling you is right and wrong. Right, exactly. You know, so many um, um, CEOs and, and people at the top. A lot of them have just kind of gone the stressful way and, you know, it worked 24 hours a day and, you know, divorce number six and you know, estranged from their children and all of that because they never had the balance. But it now seems to be more of a trend, especially with your 30, 40 and young 50s of, no, I, I need to take the time either in the gym or take the time for meditation or take the time for doing something that centers me, that calms me down. I need that balance and that understanding how impactful it makes them 
as a leader, yeah. as a boss in taking that time. And I think if our children can grow up, not only learning the skill, but at the same time, seeing their parents doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's something that, well, this is just part of brushing teeth or eating breakfast. It's just something we do that uh, is part of our well-beingness. And if we could teach children well-beingness right from the word go, we don't have to wait for them to get sick. Yeah, and I think um, lots and lots of teachers and adults have now opened up to that, you know, that mindset. And it is becoming much more popular and much more mainstream within the schooling system as well, where well-being is being given, you know, a lot of attention and a lot of focus as well as, you know, the usual curricular activities. Um, whereas when I was at school, well-being wasn't really there on the table for, you know, for children as a, you know, as wasn't even mentioned. Then no. nobody even knew what well-being was. <laughs> yeah. So now, so we, you know, so now it's fantastic. Schools yeah. have well-being, you know, as part of their curriculum to to look at how they can support, you know, a child's mental health, well-being, what activities they can bring into schools to help. And you know, if you have mindful schools now, and the schools are doing yoga classes, mm -hmm. so you know, there's like there's been a huge amount of progress, you know, in that area for children as well. And you know, calm parents generally equal calm children. Um, you know, when a child gets upset or has done something wrong, um, yeah, you want to reprimand them because they've put themselves at risk, but that's not the time to do it right because the child is already you know at that extreme so you know we we would love sometimes just to scream and go you idiot <laughs> but it's like take a deep breath and be that nurturing person they need right now you can talk to them about it later they need you right now so i think calmness from the parents however much you want to react is really really important as well with our children um because then they're going to be more open to want to share yeah and I think sometimes when your child is getting upset or angry and something's really upset them, I think it's important maybe just to let them offload and give them yeah. that space to just release whatever they need to release. And then know as a parent, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. Maybe they've had a bad day yeah. and they need to just express themselves and get it off their chest. Um, and it's, it's, it's also good to know that that's okay. Yes, you know, it's okay not to be don't okay. Have, to have all the answers. Sometimes yeah. they just want to release, and you know, maybe you're there in the path of that release. <laughs> just let them release, and you know, it's, you know, sometimes turn on the radio to a wild song, and to, you know, take that rage <laughs> yeah. into a song, and everybody starts singing it and dancing it and yelling it out, and and everybody join in. You know, because yeah. then that's saying it's okay. You know, we're, we're going to release too. It's, um, yeah. we don't want to put the focus on them and where they feel afterwards, you know, embarrassed. It's like, let's turn it into something kind of silly that yeah. we, you know, we, um, we see it all the time. And I'm sure you've done it too. You're in the car and you just need to turn that radio on full blast and just sing along, however bad, just to <laughs> release. Yeah. You know? and, and that's the same with children. They yeah. do have, they do have so much energy and they do need to release and they do need to get things off their chest. So it's good. Otherwise, the more you bottle things up and you don't, you know, express yourself, then like you said, later on in life, maybe it might manifest into this, you 
leader of. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more of those. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it teaches them accountability and responsibility for their own actions. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to say you're having a bad day, you're having a tantrum, but it's like, all right, you, you want to get things off your chest, but you know, you, you can't, one thing I could never take was screaming in the car. You're trying to drive. The last thing you need is screaming in the car, you know, because your attention is yeah. on the screaming and not on the road. Um, but it's also to, for them to know, okay, you've let it out now, now what are you going to do to, to center yourself and bring yourself back down? And I think if we could teach that, those skills to them young, it's also teaching them to be a little responsible for their own emotions and actions as well. Yes, spend your emotion. We want you to spend your emotion, but not become emotional about them. But yeah. we want you also to know, okay, I've spent it, but now what do I do to calm down? Because I don't need to keep imposing this on people. So yeah, there is so- some accountability they need to learn. Yeah. So I think once once they've expressed and released whatever it is that's been that's upsetting them so much that they need to get off their chairs, then that's the time where then parents can sit down and have a conversation and find out what was the cause of that outburst, what was it that was making them so unhappy that they had that, you know, that was their way of expressing, you know, their hurt and pain. Because anger and when a child's having a tantrum, that you know, there is that's their way of releasing, you know, some kind of pain or hurt mm-hmm. that, you know, that's come up in their life. So maybe when you see your child being emotional, just become conscious of the fact they're being emotional because there's something in their life that's causing them pain or that's causing them distress. You know, they might be being bullied at school. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, different, different. There's, there's, there's like so many different reasons that they are, you know, acting up or playing up or, or being, you know, really emotional. So it's, it's not just for the sake of being emotional. There's, there's not, there's normally, you know, a little background to it all. So once yeah. they've expressed yeah. themselves, it's quite nice to sit down and try and find out, you know, what, and why, you know, right. where they are. And, and you know, once they've spent that emotion you know, what they can do with it, you know, okay, like, I've got it off my chest now, but what do I need to do that's going to recenter me, you know, Mm -hmm. and and to know that that's what they need to choose to do, okay, yeah, yoga is good for me right now, riding a bike is good for me right now, Mm -hmm. punching a bag is good for me right now, meditation is good, listening to music, reading a book, and but having that, okay, you've expressed yourself now, but what are you going to do now that's going to calm you down and recenter yourself because I think that's the skill that we sometimes we forget we we hug them and nurture them and kiss kiss the our way better Mm -hmm. the best we can but they need to learn the skill of how to get themselves back into an equilibrium yeah so that's where when once they 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 have the tools of Mm. like meditation they can sit quietly and just breathe and let their 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 personal physical well-being settle and calm down and let their mind calm down. And then also, whatever it is that's maybe upset them, solutions can come to mm. them. And then when they're calmer, they might be able to communicate as well to their parents what it is that they're struggling with as well. So it, it's kind of learning. It's, it's all a learning curve. It's like a learning curve for, for parents. It's a learning curve yeah. for children. And even us as adults, we're constantly learning and developing our skills, our self-management tools and emotional well-being tools. So 
you know, a child is just the same. They're just learning. They're on their journey of discovery as well. Yeah. And the more we can give them those tools along the way, the easier mm -hmm. it will be for them and they won't have to, you know, ha be, make it so hard for their journey of life. It doesn't mean they're not going to get knocked down, but it just yeah. means they're going to be more resilient in getting back up. Yeah. And, the, and, and then they also know, like, I'm having a bad day, but if I do this, this, this particular breathing exercise, mm -hmm. it will have this impact on my being to help calm me and soothe me. So if I'm feeling anxious, if I take five and breathe deeply and breathe out slowly, yeah. it acts on my whole system and, you know, it starts me to feel calmer. So it's, it's knowing your, you've got the power mm. to affect how you're, you know, change how you're feeling. So if you're feeling angry, you know, you've got the ability to calm yourself down. Or if you're feeling scared, you know, you've got the ability to, let go of that fear just through your breathing and just centering and focusing your mind on love as opposed to fear. Yeah. So it's opening, oh, just, you know, sharing different tools and knowing you've got this array of tools. Yeah. And you can pick up a different tool that might be helpful at that time for what you're going through. So without that knowledge, knowing you've got those tools, you're yeah. just in that state and you panic and you yeah. stress. Yeah. But because you've been introduced to these tools before, you might just stop and think back. Okay, my yoga teacher said if I'm feeling anxious or scared, if I do this breathing exercise, it will help me. So let me give it a go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then hopefully they will see the results because, like I say to my class, we have an exercise that will take five. So if, you breathe, if you're feeling anxious, you breathe, squeeze, and then you just breathe out slowly, one, two, three, four, five, and just keep doing that until you feel better. And if you find you've done it five times and you're still feeling bad, do it for another five times. Yeah. And then you'll see it will soothe and yeah. calm and comfort you. So, you, know. you never, ever get clarity or, or could resolve a situation in the tension. Mm. So, you know, with the breathing and releasing and calming down and opening up, then the clarity is before you or it, there is a clearer road to that clarity. We can yeah. never, ever you know, resolve anything when we're tense because yeah. you know, none of the, the chi or the energy is running through us, you know, of, mm -hmm. the, of that uh, solution. So whatever technique it is, and breathing is the number one, right? Yeah. Because what do we do when we're tense? <gasps> Hold a breath, mm -hmm. tense our chest up, yeah. right? When you're stressed, you, mm. you, you shrink up yeah. and you're not breathing and then there's a whole impact on your whole well-being especially if it's long-term stress yes you know that 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 then triggers different illnesses within yeah so, yeah it yeah. so just is yeah letting children know they've got different choices and they've got different tools that they can access you know when things just get a little bit overwhelming for whatever well, reason homework or exams <laughs> coming up you know, you've got a project they have to do and they, they take it on to themselves. Like, oh, this is so hard. But again, yeah. if they learn to just breathe and calm down and come at it, you know, again, the, you know, the force will be with them <laughs> because they're calm. Because when you're calm, they're just, you're just so, you have such an ability to see more clearly. Yeah. And I guess also like yoga, when you it helps you to open your mind up into like the bigger picture as well so instead of just being kind of focused in on yourself and 
your homework or your project kind of it helps you to kind of like open up and connect with the world at large mm-hmm. and open up your compassion for like what's happening in everybody's life and what's going on in the world so you don't just kind of like zooming on your own personal problems yeah when you kind of open up your mindset to like all the different things that are going on in the world it makes maybe your your problem not seem so major yeah because you're kind of like opening up to you know loving and caring about everybody and that's that also supports your well-being as well so much Mm. when you kind of like you know look beyond yourself and that's one of the teachings of yoga as well Mm. you know have compassion for others so that also supports your well-being you know in a in a, a huge way massive and the well-being of everybody around you yeah yeah I mean we know as adults how this works so why shouldn't we teach it to our children Mm. you know I mean our children you know as they're navigating you know I have I have 11 month old uh, grandson and he's just learned to walk and of course um, if he falls down he, you know, he has a cry. Sometimes, you know, it's a bump. Okay. He lost his balance. He's hit his head. You know, he needs a bit of nurturing here. Sometimes it's just falling on the backside and it's that testing cry. If I cry, yeah. will you pick me up? Yeah. So, you know, being a grandma, I, I love, oh, bumpsy daisy. <laughs> and I laugh and he looks at me and he just smiles and laughs and gets back up again. Right. So, yeah. um, and, but, you know, he's testing and that's what children will do. They'll always test how much they can get from me, what reaction they can get from me, how much they can get away with, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's um, setting those boundaries even early in life, which I know could be hard to do sometimes, is also teaching them to know they can have boundaries as well. Others have boundaries, they can have boundaries as well. And if they don't like this kind of personal situation, that you know, it's okay to say, no, I won't participate or I uncomfortable there because we don't give permission to our children to say no I'm not comfortable well I I guess that's the same thing as when you're supporting them to listen to their own voice so if they're in a situation where they don't feel comfortable the more in tune they are with themselves Mm -hmm. they can feel this isn't this isn't supporting my Mm -hmm. well-being or I don't feel happy I don't feel safe I don't feel comfortable I can say no and take myself out of this situation. Yes. Or even if I'm with friends and they're all doing something that I don't feel will support my well-being, they whether it's alcohol or drugs mm. or you know, you know, a whole array of anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I can say no. I don't, you know, without feeling the pressure to have to go along with the crowd because I don't feel comfortable to just let my voice be heard and say no. So right. you know, supporting that as well, you know, within the classes to like just establish that and and just nurture that in a young mind that you know your your choices matter, your voice matters. You yes. can say no. You don't have to go along with what you know what you're being told or what the or what the majority of people are doing. Yeah, you can stand you can stand all on your own and that's fine yes. and that's yes. good yes. you know stay true to yourself you yes. know if you're just one person you know you can do it and you can you know and, and imagine the strength as they grow into adulthood imagine mm-hmm. the kind of leaders they become you know and imagine yeah. the kind of teachers they become for the next generation so mm-hmm. you know our kids are incredibly resilient they're so quick to learn 
you know, mm -hmm. they, they know how to articulate what they like and don't like. And I mean, we, we need to hear them more, but we need to give them a, um, skills and tools that are going to help them navigate through life and not just wait until they're older and have a crash or a trauma, you know, to, uh, to go, oh, here are the skills. Let's teach them when they're really young. Let's go to the barrier reef now. Um, you know, we, we're seeing a pillaging of, of our resources and on, on of our, our beautiful sanctuaries on this planet, again, in mm -hmm. the name of greed. And we do need to protect. I mean, the Amazon, what's happening there is just absolutely dire. And um, so we do need to protect those reefs. And it is um, the younger generation. I mean, we've got like a lot of millennials and a lot of people right now standing up and saying, no, no, protect, protect. But mm -hmm. it, the more we teach our younger children, um, about protecting, about valuing, about appreciating, you know, the, the planet and, uh, and all that she gives us. Uh, they become those advocates for the future. And they're the ones to actually save the planet from us. So, you know, the Barrier Reef is not only a beautiful place, but a sanctuary all on of its own. Why did you choose it? Um, well, as I as I um, previously mentioned, because I'm writing a series each based on a different natural wonder. So the first one was the Grand Canyon, and then then I decided I would write about the Great Barrier Reef as my as the next book in the series. So I mean, the the, the Great Barrier Reef that that is you know a huge heritage of our planet. Yes, yeah. it can be seen by from space, and the role that that plays within you know the healthy oceans. It's huge because everything's connected. So the the reefs, you know, the reef system all over the planet, they have they they play you know an, an incredible role in supporting healthy oceans. And without healthy oceans, we don't have a healthy planet because yeah. you know over seventy percent, nearly seventy percent of our planet is water. So if we don't have a healthy water system, there's no way we can have a healthy planet. No, you know because that that you know the whole ecosystems all connected anyway so the great barrier so that was just the second one of the natural wonders and it's i guess it's just coincidental that right now what's happening in the world where people are becoming more conscious of our impact on the environment and we are at sort of a critical crisis point tipping point what we do over the next 10 years how it will impact you know the whole ecosystem um, so it, it's kind of just come, the actual story was written a little while back, but for different reasons, it's only now kind of completed. But when you kind of believe in the bigger picture, it's kind of completed at mm. the time where it's really relevant for the world. And, you know, sometimes things kind of get delayed. And then when for they a reason, them, yeah. yeah. And then when they do kind of like, you know, complete, it's quite profound how it actually is the time that it's most needed. Mm -hmm. So with all that's happening around the climate, now, you know, people are more conscious of supporting ocean conservation and reef conservation. So that's just something that I'm also wanting to support because as a mum, just as someone who loves our planet, who cares for our planet, wanting to you know take care of our planet 
that's something I thought I could do through doing some fundraising with my book as well, as well as sharing the stories and the teachings of nature and the yoga activities. Yes. Um, so it's a good opportunity for me to try and do a little bit to support, you know, the, you know, the planet as well. Mm. And don't underestimate our youth. Look at Greta, you know, the yeah, impact yeah. that she's had. And so, you know, when we empower our children, and give them a voice, they're going to let that voice be heard. And the more they come together, you know, like if you actually created, you know, um, you know, Wonders of the World uh, club, Facebook club for the kids and invited them to have a voice um, mm -hmm. and read these books and not only what they've done, but to have that voice. Believe me, they're unstoppable. You know, yeah. when they've got a cause, they are unstoppable and they are our future leaders. So the more we show them of the need to change our ways, the more they're, they're going to have impact on their, on their parents. Well, what I, what I found is actually the youth, the young people, they are more passionate about saving our planet than the adults. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they're, and, they're, and they're fighting and they are shouting and they are saying no, you know, time to stop destroying nature and start nurturing and working in harmony with the natural world. So the young people are actually the ones who are yes. making a stand more so than the adults. And, you know, unfortunately, yes. uh, for us adults, they're actually putting us to shame in a way. Good. Their Good. Voice <laughs> yes. <laughs> is, you know, we should be the ones leading, leading the fight for the planet. But We're the ones that have made the mess. And yeah. it's the next generation that's going to have to clean it up. And, and it, it's good they hold us accountable. It's good that they, you know, say, look, yeah. look what you've left me, you know. Yeah, uh, oh, and they are the ones fighting for the planet more yes. so than the adults. Yes. Um, so they, they, are more, they are a more conscious generation than yes. the older generation, you know, unfortunately, for... Well, you know, I'm from a generation almost where children should be seen and not heard, you know. The, um, no, that's the same for me, because when I grew up, it was a case of sit, be quiet, do as you're told, yes. and don't speak. So, you don't have an opinion because you're a child, right? And it, it's taken me a quite a long time yeah. to kind of know, yes, my voice counts, my voice matters, and my voice is important. Because when you grow up in that environment mm -hmm. where you are told to just sit and do as you're told, it does, you know, suppress. On. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it takes different events in your life and just mm. your own personal journey kind of rise above that yeah, yes. and allow your voice to come through. So that's the good thing with the younger generation and, you know, us as parents and grandparents we support the young now and encourage them and say yes your voice matters your voice can mm -hmm. I want to hear your voice you know speak your you know your truth speak your voice express yourself so you can, so we can imagine as they're getting older they are expressing themselves and they are standing up for what they're passionate about so that's why now I think we have got a younger generation that you know they're fighting for what they care about you know. And they have every right to do so. Yeah. And, you know, out of the mouths, you know, the wisdom that comes, you know, yeah. and, and it's, a, you know, the, um, it's quite extraordinary when, you know, when we choose to listen, um, mm. even if they're not perfectly articulate, 
it is the content of, you know, their observation and the questioning mm -hmm. that kind of makes us kind of sit back and go, oh, wow. And I didn't know I was going yeah. to have to answer this question. Didn't even know there was ever going to be this question. But it does make us more accountable and more integrative with our kids in listening to them because we're here to to be their custodians and guide them through life with the best knowledge we have but the kids are also here to teach us yeah and i think you know it's it's quite refreshing as as a human race to see that you know yeah. we are evolving and the younger generation is evolving above and beyond what the older generation's mm -hmm. outlook and perception i know there are lots of you know mature people who are very passionate about the planet and very conscious yes. but I'm, I'm just kind of like um saying overall the younger generation now are kind of coming into the coming into the world with a with a kind of more compassionate and the more understanding of mother nature and being in harmony with nature and supporting nature it's a it's a it's a bigger global movement than from yeah. our generation yes it wasn't such you know so much in the in in our generation's consciousness of course yes there are people who are conscious and we, we had you know the green party green peace so there is you know there's there's a lot of you know consciousness around well I, I call that activism where there was a lot of shouting and i see our children in actionism where they're actually yeah, stepping that's, up that's a really good way of expressing it yeah, they are acting and, and taking yeah. action. I mean, yeah. my, my youngest, uh, who's 33, with the one with their, my grandson, they built a, um, as passive house as they could, which is eco-friendly house. And it, yeah. it constantly changes the air over and it sustains the um, energy and everything else. They're vegan. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're animal activists. They're, they're activists the best as they can be. They're naturists. Yeah, they're um, conscious. And, uh, you know, little one who is 100 percentile in his growth is vegan and uh, oh. eating vegan food. And, uh, um, and it's, it's uh, the other thing which is extremely important. Um, my daughter doesn't like me to share pictures of him, but she allowed me to share this one. And it's a beautiful picture of him reading a book. Now, of course, yeah. he's a baby, so he didn't read it for yeah. too long, but it just captured, you know, that wonderment of the book because he was mm -hmm. 10 months at the time. But the importance of reading to your children when they're young yeah. and the importance of them wanting to read. Yeah. It's a really, 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 really important. Yeah, no, I used to, I would read every single night bedtime stories to my two. And I did that until they were... I think up to probably till like secondary school would have like a, you know, the books got bigger and more yeah. in depth, but it was a nice way at the end of the day, just, you know, once they're in bed, just to read a bit. And it's just a nice way to connect with your children as yeah. well for us parents where you're not distracted by, you know, anything else. You're just there in there saying good night, reading a few pages of a book just to relax and calm and connect. Yeah. But, and also as they they get older they go from reading but then they, they go into the gaming so that's the time where you really get to really bond as well you know in that process as well as sharing reading with them mm. like you said it's really important to read because that's expanding their knowledge expanding mm. their imagination but it's, as a parent it's also the 
you know, a really valuable time and opportunity to bond and connect, you know, with your children as well. How old are your boys now? Well, Christopher's just turned 16 Mm. a couple of weeks ago, and Ethan's going to be 15 um, in April. So they came very close. Yeah. Um, I think Christopher turned one, and then a few months after he was one, Ethan was born. So they're, they're very close to each other. So they are at the teenage years now where it is all about gaming yeah. and not about reading. But but, you know. I, but um, I have to give a plug here to my brother, Sam Hawksmore. You can find all his books here on selfdiscoverymedia.com, Sam Hawksmore. He does a lot of youth genre. And uh-huh. uh, there is always a romance. There's always a dog. Uh, there is always intrigue and conspiracy and dimensional stuff and really, really oh, wow. interesting. So it is geared for that age group. And oh, it really, I mean, like there's one, the repercussions of Thomas D, a young boy talking to his friend on the phone, suddenly he goes through a wormhole and is in 1942 or three. Oh, I should, and um, I should get, I should buy one of those. So Ethan, Ethan's little book where I'm now gaming. Right, oh no, but this, these are ones that really do take you into other dimension and other worlds and introduce kind mm. of, you know, the different, um, totally, but there's always so many levels to it. Absolutely. How do, I, how do I spell his surname? Sam, and then Hawksmore is H-A-W-K-S-M-O-O-R. And you'll find all his books here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I've interviewed him a few times. Um, his latest book was, uh, was Out in Space. And then he's written adult books too. One you might like, We Feel Your Pain So You Don't Have To. He's writing an, a sequel to that right now. But, yeah, um, but he's got some fabulous books there. But he, he decided to write for a, the youth genre for a while because he really loved where he could go with the imagination and mm. into outer worlds and everything. So it's, um, I love them. Every time I read them, oh, yeah, it just yeah. takes I think, me. I think that, that's what will kind of like captivate them as well. Yes because it's like so much more kind of you know it kind of goes in with the gaming world of kind yes. of delving into like kind of like more perfect yeah ideas. well there's one trilogy that he that he wrote and um um uh, what's the name of oh gosh I've forgotten the name something McGee anyway you'll see it there on his page and it's a trilogy and it's it's about portal uh transporting and but it's what it turns up to be about in the mm-hmm. end is, is just mind-blowing <laughs> you know? so you're you know you're on the journey with these youth and mm-hmm. the struggles and their their own self-discovery but then you're discovering what's behind it all and oh, wow. uh, from from one book to the other and he always has a dog in it that he's got to keep alive <laughs> <laughs> oh, refuse to let him kill a dog. Uh, has, he got, has he got his own dog? Um, not right now, but we're both dog lovers. Uh, so yeah. he's contemplating getting one. He would have loved to have got one through COVID. But of course, as you know, in England, he's in the UK. Yeah. He, could, he couldn't get um, oh. a dog because uh, they were just being, you know, sold left, right and centre and being stolen from people's yards, which was just Madness. horrible. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's um, he's a dog lover, and so he was. And even in his space one, he has kind of a a robotic type thing which replaces the dog, you know, as the companion. So, um, but yes, now I love reading his books. They take me to outer worlds. But um, but when you come back to it and you sit and you look at it, the reflection of what's going on in our own society is mm. mirrored in that fantasy. Oh, is that where he gets his inspiration? Yeah, for- yeah, ah, yeah. 
So, I that's mean, that's clever. And I love reading you. I, I was the Harry Potter nerd. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sitting there reading the last two books and telling kids, get your own dinner. <laughs> I'm reading the book. And, you know, I love all of that type of thing because I do feel it's very metaphysical and it, um, it's very reflective, but it's also a way of understanding humanity in many ways through these mystical worlds. Yeah, it's very clever because, I mean, even within Magnus and me, like, me the Great Barrier, the story, when you read the story, I don't know, have you, have you had a chance to read it? No, yet? no, I haven't. I'm sorry. No, eight shows uh, a week. So. <laughs> yeah. So when you read the story, you'll see that there, there are like different teachings within the story for, you know, on humanity as well. Which yes. Is, which is quite... Um, It'll be interesting to get your thoughts on it, on the way it's presented as well. I will, I will get it for my little nephew, uh, for my little grandson, rather. Um, they've been reading him books almost from the day he's been born, even though they're way ahead of him. Uh, and mm -hmm. my, my son-in-law is um, a cosplayer, so he goes into the whole roles when he's reading and so oh, wow. and they read yeah. every night he goes to bed and they read during the day when they want to calm him down and the books have been very much a part of his life right from the beginning so I will get the books for for um, for him yeah and do they play music for him at bedtime as well uh no but what his first birthday is coming up uh in, on the 22nd of March and I don't know whether I'm going to be popular or not but I've bought him um oh gosh what do you call it the it's the pan thing that makes music. And this one oh, is... That, that twirls around? No, it? no, no, no. You, you literally... The hand get, hands. Yes, yes. Oh, I love those. Yeah. And uh, this particular one has like 12 different notes and it's designed for children and obviously for older children. But I thought I, he's so musical. When I was looking after him a couple of weekends ago, I would play some of my favorite music and I'd see him dancing away, just boogieing away to it. And I went, yes, he's musical. So I wanted to get a musical instrument for him. And it's also one of those things that even if he's bashing it, it's always going to be lovely tones. And they could even play lovely tones for him that can calm him down. So it's his first musical instrument that I've bought him for oh, his birthday. A lovely, that, that is a lovely first instrument to have. Um, and what I also found was like Mozart for babies at bedtime. Mm -hmm. It's really nice and calming and soothing. And you have mm -hmm. Mozart lullabies. Um, that's really nice to put on at bedtime as well. Okay. They have the white noise thing on in his room, which I kind of, I find too loud. But What's the white noise thing? It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of machine that is meant to block out all other noise because it's just a white, white noise white sound so and so they've done it so he doesn't hear anything else but um i would switch it off and i might do that when i'm looking after him and they're not around and see how it oh, goes try, <laughs> try mozart for babies try that yeah definitely like definitely but you know this is the thing there are so many wonderful beautiful tools for our children mm. you know the mm. books that you've written the the you the yoga teachings that you have the meditative sounds and the music that you've got there um it's all you know for whether they are tiny it doesn't matter that mm. they don't understand the words when they're babies they the the whole rhythm of you reading the whole sitting mm. down and reading and connecting you know, obviously mm -hmm. pictures is what they're going to take in right now at that age. But that wonderment, that exploration yeah. and that permission to be a part of something, because that's what yeah. your books are doing. They're giving per the kids going from that activism of reading it to an actionism of actually being a part of it. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, it's when you're reading to your child as well, it's such a lovely way just to bond with them. Yeah. And then they're listening to your voice and they're having your undivided attention. When you're reading, you're not cooking or answering yes. the phone or anything. You're just there, you know, totally in tune with them in what you're reading and sharing as well. So the whole activity of reading together it's quite powerful without even though it's, it's so simple and it's just fun and it's just gentle but when you kind of like analyze it mm. it's actually you know a very powerful time to connect with your child in a very kind of gentle natural easy simple way when my kids were younger I kind of found it hard to actually read to them and I think that might be part of my dyslexia uh, because oh. sometimes my words tend so I used to tell them stories and it would yeah. always be a story with kind of them as the hero or them as the main character, you know, something that may have happened around the day. And so it was always something that, you know, they could go to, to bed with kind of knowing the story incorporated them. And so I would just sit them on my lap and just tell that kind of story. And yeah, no, uh, I did that. I did that as well sometimes. And so also another thing you can do as a parent, if you're listening, is to start a story and then get them to continue and you can both go between each other yeah continuing the story from where they left off because that's also a nice way of engaging and just making up stories together yes exactly and really allowing their imaginations to be you know not only you know engaged but again, mm-hmm. it, uh, that permission to use their imagination, you know, to, yeah. to, to that expression that your voice is important. I want to know, right? Yeah. Worst thing, what we don't want and we see over and over again is kids that don't know how to speak to their parents or, you know, the, the fear of reprimand or they wouldn't understand or there's never been that open dialogue. And yeah. emphasis has been on school, this, that, et cetera, and never let's sit down and just have a talk. Yeah, I mean, and that's something like from my generation, that's something I never, mm-hmm. you know, never did until later on in life. Yes. So later on in life, you know, I would sit with my dad and talk and he'd tell me all about, you know, you know, his younger days. And we'd have that conversation. But when we were younger, you know, yeah. maybe our parents were too busy working and, you know, life was that wasn't you didn't have that opportunity as such to kind of just sit and chill and chat. Because also, I guess culturally, yeah, um, it, that's also a major influence on on the home environment, on yeah. what's expected of children as well. So there's like so many different dynamics to growing up. Um, yeah. But now, I think more parents are yeah. engaging with their children on all levels and having, you know, conversations from a very young age. So it's so much more easier for children to speak to their parents openly about anything and everything you know from you know whether it's someone who's broken your heart or someone who's upset you at school or someone who yes. doesn't want to play with you in the playground when you want to play you know they're there they are more you know open and and that's what we want from them. We want them mm-hmm. to feel free to be open. And, uh, you know, it, it's very, very important that we have that. You know, my, my youngest, you know, her brother and sister, who are four and six years old, and her was teenagers were hanging out with friends. Many, many a weekend, she'd just stay home with me and we would just have dinner and talk 
about life. You know, she was more the introvert and, um, and just discuss whatever, you know, whatever. And it's uh, still like that in many ways, but our children are just such wonders. I mean, when we actually see things from their eyes, you know, do not ever demean your children or think they're dumb and they don't understand. They understand a great deal. What they're learning is how to articulate it. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of parents probably find that their, their children actually have such a bigger understanding than, than they, they, when you listen to your child, you, well, I listen to my children, I'm like, wow. Yes. You know, the things that you're coming out with yeah. are so mature and so mm-hmm. you know you're so crude up about they they have more of an understanding of the world you know than I do yes the things they express and it's like wow well it was a case in point my dad died when I was 11 and my mom came into my room to tell me and actually I felt a sense of relief because he had had multiple heart attacks and I knew he was in a lot of pain and and then I thought as a child guilty I, I didn't cry so I forced myself to cry and then they, they left me to get changed. And I walked past my dad's room, said goodbye to him. And I went to my mother and I said, God took the one that was the weakest and left the one that was the strongest. Oh. And, and she just looked at me, you know, and it was, it was that always what I needed to know at that time, because I was in tuned, was what would, you know, come out. It wasn't coming from my intellect. It was coming from my spirit. And if yeah. we can allow their spirit voice to come through, you know, it will develop their intellect. And we always mm-hmm. want them to have their spirit voice and their intellect voice in tune with each other. Yeah. And I think it, it is more so in tune when, you know, with younger children, with, young, with the young, it's just as, as they progress into adults' yeah. life, that tends to get squidged or, you know, they, they just maybe are not so in tune with their own, yeah. you know, and that's what we need. We need humanity to be in tuned, you know, into, you know, that divine soul presence. Wow. And that spirit. Well, when you look at the world now and you look at what's happening in the yes. world, it, def- it there definitely, you know, is not, you know, not in tune with the word. It's the non-cohesive. It's just, yeah. it's just things but, that- you know, as somebody pointed out, we actually haven't had a war that's been played out through social media and through social media for Ukraine right now is so utterly strong and supportive. And it's given the Ukrainians so much support and love from around the world that they have stood up literally in front of tanks and stopped tanks going down roads and doing things. And it's, they found a courage because they in the spirit of their own country and knowing that the world was with them. Right. Yeah. So don't underestimate your your spiritual support. Don't ever mm-hmm. underestimate because that's an energy that you are sending out that they receive that gives them that courage and that confidence to face whatever they're facing. Yeah. No, that's true because everything's energy. And, yes. You know, it's like what energy you're putting out into the universe. Are you putting out energy of love or energy yeah. of fear? And the more love like you say, what we send to those who are in fear, the more we help to lift up, you know, lift, lift them up and exactly. back into love. And, you know, with the yoga and the meditation, that is just a channeling of an energy. And, you know, when you, when you take it to that center point, to that core where the compass is, yeah, it will guide that energy forward. Yeah. 
right? So it's that core we want you to go to, that conscious compass that then can lead you forward in any form of energy, but have it come from there, right? We yeah. don't want it hysterical energy. We want it to be that core energy. And the core and the, our core, like do you like it, well, when you get into the spiritual exploration, your core is love. Yes. And yes. love is like the strongest, you know, energy you can find. When there's love, there's no fear. So mm. if we can, you know, all come to a place of love, then that eliminates fear, that eliminates wars, that eliminates so many of the not so pleasant side of humanity that, you know. That's, that we can see quite clearly now, and you, you know, you, you, whether it's through the news, social media, or just looking around you in the everyday yeah. world, and you see so much pain and suffering. Um, we can't knowingly hurt someone else when we come from a place of love, because if no. we hurt someone else, it hurts us. Yeah. We can't inflict um, the pain because it only becomes painful for us. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're truly in a place of love, you have no desire right. to cause pain or hurt to someone else because it you just don't, do you? No. Being full of love, you never you wouldn't want to hurt anyone. No, no. The fact that we're losing touch, the fact that we've lost touch with our love, or our love is not so big. That's why we, you know choosing to hurt someone because we're not you know in our in our being of love and i think the more we teach children to trust love to be love to do things with love you know the yeah. more empowered they're going to be and more empowering they're going to be yeah because you know like you said at our core we are love yes it's just through time we lose touch of, with that yeah, become um, jaded, yes. which we, you know, we don't want our kids to be. <laughs> but it's just kind of like getting back and getting back in tune with that and shedding all the layers or the hurt or the pain or the, you know, all the things that have happened to make us bury that love because that's what happens as you get older, different things impact you and it gets buried and it gets squidged. And you maybe become more of an aggressive or an angry or, you know, a person who'd rather hurt or kill someone than yeah. embrace and love someone. Yes. Um, and, you know, I mean, you could do the yoga with your kids, even if you're a beginner, you know, and your kids will laugh because, you know, you can't bend like them. You know? but, and you can make it fun. Right. So. You know, we've even seen people putting out YouTube videos of the dogs doing it with them, you know, <laughs> dogs doing yoga, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So but there's, there's also like eight limbs to yoga. So like the, the poses, it's just one limb. Mm -hmm. So the more, I mean, you, you learn and explore it, you'll, you find so many different aspects to yoga as such. Even though when someone says the word yoga, they're just thinking of the poses. Yes. Um, there is like so much more to the actual spiritual side of yoga. It's like a whole, whole compass all on its own. Yeah. Well, mm. you've got the one book, um, uh, Yoga Kids, I Can and I'm Able. And then you've got Magnificent Me, Magnificent You, The Grand Canyon. And of course, now you have got 
uh, this beautiful, you know, barrier beef, uh, barrier beef, barrier reef. <laughs> so what, you know, is there, what's the next one coming up? Um, well, the next one is the natural one of the world series that will be on the Northern Lights. Mm. So I kind of have the story in my head so that, and the teachings from that will be different. So each book has got a different teaching and the next one is going to be the Northern Lights. And, and a Netflix life. movie for you to watch, perhaps with your kids, is Raising Dion. And it's a, about a kid that has superpowers that they discover at the age of seven. And what do you do with Raising a kid? Dion. Did you say Ra Dion? Yes, D I O N. Okay. And it's, you know, um, the poor mother dealing with the child and then, of course, the, you know, the, the monster after them. But it's, it's really cute because, you know, your kid all thinks they have superpowers anyway, but he does. And how do you manage his superpowers? So it's fun. They've got two seasons of it and right that, and now. And that's probably something that future generations will probably have developed. Because, yes. Like they say, we all have superpowers. Yeah. Developing that ability. So. Well, this superpower comes from the Northern Lights. Ah, oh, they <laughs> little extra incentive there to, yes. to, to focus in on that. Yeah, so that's, that it's really good. interesting. But it might be fun to watch with your kids as well, because it is fun. It is fun. Um, yeah. And so we've got the Northern Light ones coming up. I look forward to that. Obviously, you're going to come back and tell us all about that one. But in the meantime, um, mm -hmm. getting hold of this book right now, um, The Beautiful Great Barrier Reef, and all of the proceeds go to the fundraiser. Um, to no, not, I mean, not all of the proceeds. Well, basically, what I do on my website, there's a charity page. So I pick different projects that we set a specific target to fundraise for so a percentage will go towards that fundraising target so the first fundraising target is for the sea women of melanesia and part of the they're doing loads of work on reefs in within their local community so we've got a target there that's basically to raise fifty thousand dollars for them and on the website it's broken down how that money is yeah. going to spend and then and once we reach that target, then we'll pick another project. Excellent. No, I see this. Uh, so yeah. it, that's it's, that's wonderful. And, and and you know, a kid can kind of choose which one they want to support, right? So which is really, really cool. Um, and to let them know that, you know, I mean, even saying, look, let's just take a few cents from your pocket money and put towards this, it's an empowering thing for a kid. So yeah. I think it's. I mean, you know, and then once once a child reads about you know the charity that we're supporting, then they can also explore more about that charity yes. and the work it's doing and how it's impacting you know the environment. And then they can also get involved, you know, in their in whatever way they want to as well. So it's also expanding knowledge, and it's also at the moment one of the issues that a lot of young people play, are facing is climate anxiety. Yes. So in a way, it's kind of like addressing that to a young person saying there, there is actions that you can take. There are things that you can do. You know, you, you're able to make a difference and um, don't be anxious. Just look at what you can do and just do your little and your little multiplied by millions, billions of children around the world will make the difference that this yeah. planet needs. To every every drop is important in the ocean, yeah. right? So yeah. be that drop. But don't yeah. give up. Don't get anxious. Yeah. Just look at what you can do and 
you know, you are able to make a difference as well. So, so where yeah. do people... Um, uh, where do people buy the book right now and also to support the charities where do they go for that um well the book is available in bookstores online um, at my website www.magnificentlymagnificentnew.com it's available from other online retailers um so a percentage of the sales will be going towards different projects and then if you know, a young person wants to learn more about the project, the, the first project that we're supporting, there is a link to their website on our charities page, which gives more information, you know, so you can click through and learn about their work. And then you can also donate directly to their web, to them through their website. They have their own donation page as well. So you can also do that. Excellent. Magnificent me, magnificent you.com slash charity, or just go to the dot com and everything is there. I mm. highly recommend getting all of these books um, because they're a good thing to have in the library with your young kids. Um, you know, whether it's baby up, as I'm going to get them from my little Roro, and it's something he will grow into as he, as he becomes more cognitive of what the story is about. You know, he would have grown up with them. So, read to your kids, please, 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 reading books that open up a consciousness, that have them asking questions, knowing that they're actually supporting something from reading that book, I think is wonderfully empowering for our children. And, mm -hmm. you know, certainly look at the meditation ones. Remember, you go to selfdiscoverymedia.com and in the search engine, you put in Duwati, D-A-W-A-T-T-I-E, Basido, B-A-S-D-E-O, and all of her shows will come up, including this one, and all of her books, all of her past books, and also the meditation things that you can play for your children. Um, this is our fifth show together. We're going to be definitely having more down oh, the wow, road. Oh, wow, it's five. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> yes. That's, like, amazing. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah, so we've had you with other well, people. Show, it just shows how old I am and how many years we've been doing this. Yes, there. we've been doing this a while. In fact, actually, when was our first show? I'm going to have a look here. Is, uh, I think it was like when way back. Uh, yep, uh, in uh, 2015 was our first yeah. show. So we've been doing it now. And, from you, this... and you actually were the first show that I did talking about my work. So ah. you were my you were my first show. The Virgin Podcast, the Virgin <laughs> Podcast guest. Wonderful. Well, it's always wonderful talking to you. You're doing such wonderful things for children, and there's such easy things for parents to you know adopt into their lifestyle um, and it's something that's so easy for for kids to really get involved with and the more we invest in our children when they're young they're, oh no they'll do it later no no you know i don't care if they're still in diapers and they're learning to walk you know just teaching them a yoga move um making it fun then as they go more and more you can teach them the skill later on you can teach them that meditative thing of sitting down the music even playing in the background reading the books it's all here so just reach out to duwati magnificentme magnificentyou.com and also come back here and listen to all her other shows because she's very very dedicated to the well-beingness of your child and let's face it folks these children will grow up to be adults and we're already looking at a dysfunctional society right now. We don't want them to have to undo the trauma. We want them to have the skills to deal with whatever trauma they come, for, come through in life and know that they can get through it without the scars. So 
thank you for the prevention skills that you're giving our children. Oh, thank you, Sherry. Thank you for so much for your support in supporting me throughout all these years <laughs> with my endeavours and my, you know, efforts to make a difference and contribute and support children's well-being. Um, I'm really grateful and, you know, to many more years. Many more years, many more many books. More yes. shows together. Yes, most certainly, most certainly. Um, and just, you know, kind of keep up with the wondrous work because it makes a difference. It really does make a difference in our children's lives and more and more. We're understanding the need for it. So, mm. folks, thank you, my darling Duwati. And to everyone else out there, please read to your kids. Get them interested in yoga from a very early age. At a certain age, you can introduce the, the meditation. Get the books and read it to them and teach them about giving back and having a consciousness of how they can serve and save this planet. It. it is empowering them, not burdening them, empowering them. And we need them to feel empowered. We need to listen to them. We need to learn from them because the world needs them. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.